welcome back to Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and Scripts. That was almost singing, but more like a foghorn. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You should, you should apply for Chewbacca. Thing. What? <laughs> you should apply to be the next Chewbacca. I can't... Do you know... Okay, so the chewy noise, I can yeah. do sometimes, but not always. But when it goes well, I fucking nail it. <laughs> I can't do the, like, gritty ones. I can do the... I can do the... Because it's almost like... you're all that, It's almost like that. But that I, 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 I'll tell you like what, chewy. that was awful. That was terrible. <laughs> really was I should awful. just... Oh, God, that was awful. I should, I'm embarrassed. I'm oh, embarrassed. Oh. I can do a pretty good Kermit. Go it's on. not that easy being green. Having to spend each day the colour of the leaves. So when I think it might be nicer being red or yellow or gold or something else much more colourful like that. That's my favourite. When we first had to wear masks, um, my face was so small and the mask looked so big, it made me feel like Kermit. So I was just sat on the bus and I just went, Hello everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because that's his first line in Muppets Treasure Island for those of you who Aww. don't know and it's the best Muppets film arguably I love it I mean I think you might be right I do genuinely seem to think that like you know when people talk about um, Christmas Carol you know the famous story Christmas Carol mm -hmm. I just think you know, he only ever intended it in one way, which was to be done by Muppets. Like, whenever I watch the Muppets version, I think, this is the definitive version, and everything else is just extrapolations on this version, because this is the definitive version. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I kind of agree. Is that bad? I like Webb back and Red Dickens after her falling in love with the Muppets version. By the way, by the way, ah, oh, I was gonna, I've been excited to bring this up with you this week. I've spotted an unconventional but fitting perfectly movie that follows the hero's journey. Okay. So, Moana. I've not seen Moana yet. Cool! It's on my list. It's okay. on my list. Oh, well, now we can't talk about it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, it's so good. It's a really good example of a female do you know doing what? the hero's do you know journey. We're gonna do? do you know what we're going to do? What we are, are going to do that next time around. We're going to do that. I'm going to watch Moana watch while it this I'm week. doing things yeah. in, in, in this room, which we'll talk about later. We'll and then we'll week. talk about the hero's journey with the female lead in Moana. How does that sound? Sounds beautiful, mate. So today, uh, Cole, you wanted to talk about your... your, your I, I don't want to say project. What is it? What you're doing? Oh, it is a project. project. I love a project, me. You love a project. I mean, I was, I was going to talk about how I could do a pretty good Gollum impression, but we'll do that next week. So... Um, I, I have been doing a project. I fucking love a good project, Amber. I fucking love a good project. Yeah. A, a little DIY project. And I'm building a vocal booth, which I've mentioned, I believe, recently. But, um, yeah, I'm, I've got a little home studio, which is made out of a converted garage. And I've been wanting to do really good recordings in here for ages. And you just can't really do it outside of a vocal booth. Um you you can compensate you can do such things like like have shields that that do things when you when you're singing directly into like a little it's like a little uh, kind of horseshoe shaped shield with insulation yeah. on the inside things like that but it's not quite the same and i also want to record guitars and i have things to get around that at the moment like i uh plug things directly into the computer and, and jiggle about with software and things but it's not the same as having a really good set recording space and mm. so i have uh, I have. I've, and so uh, put I have. I have. Well, governor. I think I said before exactly, governor. So governor, 
I've um, been working proper hard over the last year and got myself a lovely little bit of uh, Keshola, a bit of Wonga together. And uh, I bought all the materials I need to, to build a vocal booth at home. Um, so I have oh, measured it and it's huge. It's massive. It's uh, 160 centimetres squared. That is what she said um, about my vocal booth. Oh, that's a big vocal booth. The ironic, <laughs> ironic thing is that I was going to do it like the TARDIS and then it would be like bigger on the inside. It's How are you going to do that? <laughs> How is that physically possible? Well, because... I, no, no, as in I thought I'd make a box <laughs> in the corner of my room and paint it blue like the TARDIS, but it's going right. to be wider than the outside dimensions of the TARDIS. Right. In case you didn't know oh, at home, I, I am a nerd, so I love Doctor Who. Um, haven't seen all of the most recent series, but never mind. Um... And so I'm probably still going to do that. I'm probably going to paint it blue and like the TARDIS. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting because um, there's different things at work and you have to make things a certain size, otherwise you end up with certain different sounds. So for one thing, I've insulated the booth. There's two types of sound treatment, right? You've got sound insulation and then um, kind of sound treatment, which is about shaping the, the kind of frequencies that crop up in your recordings. I'll explain that in a minute. So what I've done is I've made it the walls are thick enough that I've put some big bits of sound insulation. It's called rock wool, the stuff that I'm using, so that sounds can't get out of the booth, right? right. So if I um, do a big loud recording, if I'm singing a lot, or if I'm doing a, re a guitar recording in there, uh, less sound is going to come out, which is less disruptive to other people. Yeah. It also means that less sound is going to come in, like if a car drives past, or weirdly ambulances go down my road, which is weird because I live in the countryside. But um, People in the countryside don't deserve healthcare. No, we we don't. We don't. <laughs> Just shooting pheasants and, and attacking townies like you. Anyway, um, <laughs> townies. townies. At my school, here's a thing unique to my school, and not even like the area, my school specifically, we didn't call chavs chavs. We called chavs townies for years. That's huh. that's what we called them. And then it only came in like sixth form that everyone called them. It's weird. It's just really strange. Anyway, um, the other type of kind of insulation sound treat mini stuff um, is, you know, that crinkled up stuff like egg cartons that you see in yes. places where you do recordings. Um, I can't remember the specific name. Uh, it's just kind of sound treatment materials. And um, you line the inside of the booth with... There's, there's loads of different types. So according to the size of your booth you're going to end up with more different resonant frequencies. It's going to sound like boxy and bassier, right? And one of the ways to do that is to kind of cut off the corners with sound insulation. So you see blocks in corners sometimes where you go to to, to, to look at vocal booths that have been well done. So I'm currently looking at what kind of frequencies are going to be cropping up in this size of space. The bigger it is, generally the better because there's less of stuff knocking around but uh i'm gonna have to look at what soundproofing insulation -y, what's it it's not insulation it's treatment that i'm gonna need so i can get recordings that are fairly neutral rather than really bass heavy or whatever okay. um so that's this is all a fun project for me because i love diy and sawing things and, and screwing things and that sounded a lot more dirty than i intended <laughs> but i love doing stuff i love yeah. interacting with things building and, things making yeah, things satisfying it's it makes me happy makes did me you happy. by any chance ever do gcse art i actually did not i did so, not so um and GCSE i didn't do tech, art. Tech, 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 
past GCCR. GCSER was like famously the the like quite demanding, time consuming thing. So we had quite a good art department, especially considering how small our school was. Like I remember seeing this meme that was like, Do you remember those art exams where they were just left in that room for two days without food or water? Like because you really <laughs> did just spend yeah, all yeah, your yeah. time there. And I just yeah, I was never a sketch artist. I could never like draw very accurately especially not people i always said all my faces look the same and none of them look like faces <laughs> so i liked building shit so i a lot of my big projects were using plaster cast so what you make um ca casts out of and yeah. like clay and cardboard and anything that was like a bit three-dimensional and um I ended up making so I, I I was supposed we were supposed to do something inspired by pop art which is you know Marilyn Monroe Andy Warhol all this stuff yeah, yeah. so I made like a semi three D thing of a, a table and Marilyn Monroe like holding a glass of wine but it meant Boom. that um, it basically ended up looking like one of Phoebe's weird fucking art pieces in friends why not and i made like a gingerbread house and covered it in in sweets and marshmallows and like glue Aww. and stuff yeah i really and enjoyed glue? well you have to hold it on and you also oh, have to, I, I was like making so i was quite creative about it so for the roof tiles i used chocolate buttons and i would like overlap them in a way very that cool, it looked cool, like it cool. looked like the tiling of a roof use a hairdryer to melt them together just enough and then a layer of glue to yeah. make it all shiny and stick but yeah it's i just sweet. i also very much enjoyed doing the 3d stuff but the shit i came up with was so weird i i uh i didn't take gcc art it's really weird I, I do you know what? i i have this personal opinion about education in that I don't think it should happen when you're a child. Because when I was a kid, when I was choosing all my stuff at 15, 16, and then choosing more stuff at 17 or whatever it was, or, or, or choosing it again after GCSE. Um, oh, no, it was like, you, you were younger than that when you choose the GCSEs. But I I didn't know who I fucking was. I was more interested in seeing my friends and, and being frightened of talking of girls, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I wasn't ready to make decisions about what I like and who I am and what I want to spend my life doing, you know, and I would have done art. I would have done drama. I would have done music at school. I didn't do any of those. Well, I did them in GCC. Uh, I did drama in GCC, but I didn't do them in A-level. And uh, it was it was just strange. See, I was the opposite. You know? So I, I got into a really good school for A-levels. <coughs> I just choked on a... <coughs> I hate when that happens. I'm going to try that this again. Is, <clears throat> this is this is why I think I think the human body is just awful sometimes. Oh, sorry, I accidentally started eating my own face. That keeps happening to me all the time. <laughs> what? Like when you, when bite, you bite your, your cheek, cheek, when you bite stuff, your tongue, yeah. you're eating your own face by accident. That's what's happening. Well, here's a weird thing. There's a re the only reason that your stomach doesn't eat itself. The answer is it actually does. It's just that you replace the cells faster than your um, double R then the acid can break them down. Just Amber, are you water. okay? Yeah, I'm just going to sip some water. I sound like I'm crying, don't I? So, like, with your stomach... <laughs> the thing is, your stomach I think that uh, should definitely make it in. Sure, um, if you want. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so I was I the opposite. Know, what were you saying? I was the opposite in that I got into a really, really good school for sixth form. I was kind of excited to get out of my tiny little Catholic school and somewhere more interesting and with some good friends I had who already went there. And I was so ready to go. And then in like June, 
the June before I was supposed to go, uh, move there, they sent me this letter saying, you're still welcome to come, but we can't offer you drama and we can't offer you classics. Um, and I was... But that's Yo Thang. I was distraught because that was the degree that I wanted to do. And the degree I did end up doing, I ended up doing drama and classics at uni. So I couldn't no. not do them for A-level. And even then, no. the options that they left... So it was because it was still quite a small school. And... It was based on like the fact that other people hadn't taken drama. They're, like there weren't enough people choosing those subjects to justify it, so, which they wouldn't have known until late in the year. But it just completely fucked with my plan. So I ended up staying Ditch. at my shitty little Catholic school. Did my drama oh. and classics. It wasn't a shitty school by any stretch, but I was just done being there. I'd been there since year seven. I wanted to move on. I was I was kind of just bored of the same people and the same teachers and the same, I don't know, I just really wanted something new. Wanted to uh, escape. I, I stuck it out through A-level. And But to be fair, during A, so my social life wasn't at school either. My social life was people from my drama lessons on the weekends. All right. And then as I became more independent and more teenage, they're friends. So I like made best friends with one girl, met a few of her mates, and then got invited to a party, met loads of new people, and they were my new social group. So during A-levels, Monday to Friday, I just did... I was quite a good little student who worked very hard and wanted A's. So I would just work through all my free lessons, all my lunches, all my breaks. I'd work really hard Monday to Friday. And then Friday, I'd just kind of fuck off for the weekend. My parents were... I say yeah. parents. My mum was quite good at it. My dad was probably having heart attacks. But on Friday night, I'd just go stay at someone's house, go straight to all my drama and dance song, whatever, music lessons on Saturday. There'd normally be some kind of party Saturday night. I'd stay at someone's house then. And then I'd come home in time for Sunday roast. And that was my Lucky nice little you. routine. And it got Aww. to a point where I, I used to bring like a kind of fucking weekend bag, like a carry-on roller bag, because yeah. I'd need I'd need my dance clothes. I'd need my dance shoes. I'd need my music. I'd, but then as I was becoming a bit more grown up and wanted to be pretty, I'd have my makeup and my straighteners or whatever it was. So I just would, I'd have a proper weekend bag, have a really artsy, social, fun weekend. And then when I came back, would just have my head down again doing my schoolwork Monday to mm. Friday. So it was very much a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation for me. It's really interesting. Everyone's different um, experiences of growing up. Because at primary school, I didn't really have that many friends. In retrospect, I had a few. Um, I got on with girls a lot more than guys, weirdly. Um, and uh, in my secondary school years, I you know I was alright. You know I I got a lot more friends. Um, and then I met Nath, and the band kind of became a huge thing in my life after that. And um, my weekends were, oh, going out to my mates and we're talking about, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do that. And then having rehearsals at the weekends, that was, was so much fun. It was such a good time in my life, uh, in retrospect. Um, yeah, But interestingly, fair. what I did during my um, summer holidays when I was a young kid um, and during my half terms was building loads of stuff, which is what, what really, what, why I know how to do the things that I'm doing today um, at the moment with this with this booth. Because me and my dad just used to like build go karts and 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 tree houses and things, you know. Yeah. I had lots of I had, I had lots of different friendship groups in secondary school, but it was weird in primary school it just didn't happen. But um, I did a lot of drama stuff as well, actually. Um, very interesting because I nearly did that when I was when I was in my teens before I joined the band I wanted to either be an actor or a stand up that's yeah. what I really wanted to do in 
Interesting. Interesting. So, so Amber, what have you been up to recently? What did you want to have a little chat about today? Yeah, I've not been up to a huge amount. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be having their own experiences of this lockdown. I've had a couple of, like, financial knocks in a small space of time. Blah. And it happens. It happens, you guys, um, especially living that freelance life. So I thought... I'd come and chat about just little ways to look after your money. I remember when when I went to drama school, um, there was a girl in my year, lovely, lovely girl, haven't asked her permission, so I'm not going to name her. But before she came to Arts Ed, she was like quite a successful scientist. And I can't remember the details. But my point is, she was used to a solid, decent income. And then had to go back to not only full-time education, like drama school's no joke, you guys. It's not like uni, where there'll be an extra day or two a week without lectures. You are there 8.30 till 5, minimum, every day. So those were the actual hours, which meant you were really there 8 till 6. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then travel. So having another job is, is really not very feasible. And... I mean, it's possible, but it's hard. So my point is she had to go through such a transition and it was just something we compared a lot that year. And I remember we met up last year, year before, sometime before COVID. And she was like, oh yeah, you're good with money. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> because she'd almost reached a stage where she could afford to be a bit careless. And look, that's great. But let's chat about, let's chat about a few basics. Um, it sounds obvious. I know it sounds obvious, but... You need to know the minimum you need every month. Okay, so I'll tr I'll take my my living situation for an example. Um, between let's say uh, my share of the rent, my share of the bills, let's say thirty quid a week for food shopping. That is kind of a minimum. You you will easily yeah, spend yeah. thirty pounds on food. So. Yep. Um, 30 quid a week for that. Uh, let's say another bit of money for travel. Whether you're an oyster person or a driver or whatever, when I was teaching, I drove and didn't use my oyster that much. But if you know that your work is in central London, you're going to be there four days a week or whatever, add all of that up. Add up all of it. All of the absolute basics that you are going to need to go to work and pay your bills. That needs to be the minimum that you make each month. And if you're not making it, you need to find a way to make it. And I know that sounds really mm. cutthroat, but you know, when we're all doing, you know, a lot of actors do all these tough day jobs that we've started talking about, we'll talk about more, but where they are shift based. I was a waitress and I was like, I'm not going to make that money this month. And then the second someone goes, oh, I need cover. I'm there going, I'll take your extra shift. Mm. So just, no, so for me, I, my minimum is 1200 between rent bills weekly shopping for four weeks week i mean that's a bit i guess i don't drive as much now and things i'm not driving at all to be fair but let's ignore that i would say i have to have to have to i think i actually think that yeah it might have been slightly less and i rounded up to 1200 a, a bit but my point is i'd be there going if i don't make that much it's not an option. It's not an option to not make that much. And that's before we start looking at things like when it's Christmas and you buy your family gifts or when you yeah, need yeah, a haircut yeah. or, or, or or getting dentist. Netflix. or Yeah, exactly. It's funny you should say that. You know about my dentist thing, don't you? Yeah, I've got to get a bloody filling done. <laughs> so, I saw that and I was like, blimey, I need to get that filling done. Yeah, for anyone who didn't see, um, I had to get a filling done and it was... I, I had a criticism. I had a criticism, Amber. 
and I'm really sorry. What? Because I am a cartoon aficionado, and you said Donald Duck, and you meant Daffy Duck, and that hurt me. Donald Duck has a lisp. Donald Duck goes, whereas Daffy Duck talks like this. You see? I'm so sorry. And and, sorry. and now I feel really bad that I've been overly critical and completely ruined your flow. Love now it. I feel guilty and I'm sorry. It's fine. I, I'm sorry. It's fine. But it was interesting. You it was would good think said, after you know, 10 episodes you'd have you know, learned how to let a conversation flow <laughs> by now, Cole. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'll tell you one thing that was interesting. Um, You saying, you know, you said, oh, I, well, I overestimated what I really need to do, but actually that's kind of a good thing that you do. It is you a know, good thing. Round everything up. You overestimate how much up. you need. Because then... If you, if you round up, yeah, then then you're like, oh, okay, I've got an extra 30 quid at the end of the month which I can go through to next month, you know. Right, and now here's an important thing. Let's say you have that extra 30 quid a month. Don't... Chuck it in the savings Don't, sh- like, look for a way to spend it because so many people do that. They go, oh, um, my bills were 750. I, I put 800 aside. Great. I've got this extra 50 quid. I no, can... Yeah, I can go out for dinner and I can buy some new shoes i'm not saying that you can't but i am saying you don't need to spend what you have left over um my exactly. mom always told me 10 percent if you can i personally take it one step further when i let's say i let's say i've made that 1200 everything's paid i put a few hundred out of that on my card for the expenses like the food shop and the petrol or whatever yeah, yeah. and then just anything that's left i whack in my savings i don't care yeah. if that's 50 quid or another 500 quid like yeah, it, as yeah. a, anything that's left whack it in the savings and yeah. then as your savings develops you can go you know what i've saved a couple hundred quid maybe now i can get that pair of shoes or maybe now i yeah, can yeah. treat myself and i think an issue that so many people have is you spend more than you earn and that's never going to go well. You could be a multi-millionaire. If you are spending more than you're earning, you're always going to be on the back foot. You're always going to be in debt. You're always going to... Stop gonna... buying yachts. God. Yeah, basically. Like, fucking hell. And pay your taxes. <laughs> but there's another big thing specific to being an actor, and that's... Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be unkind to other people who are trying to find, like, find their income through all these extra little things. But there's so much pressure on us to spend money on things just for the hope of getting a job someday out of it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, you know, na- lots of people have websites now. I was gonna set up a website. I think I said it recently, but I spoke to my agent. She was like, I don't see the point. If someone, if someone is gonna try to look you up separate from your CV, they'll look. Yeah up your social media and you're on social media they're not going to sit and find your website maybe if you do other things other than acting that won't be covered by spotlight so like i produce so that still makes me think about it but if you're a producer or a stage manager or a designer you could i suppose but even then you can do all that for free on social media so there's things like oh you need and i, I you need new headshots you need a show reel oh hey guys i run this company where i help you film your self tape so that your self tape is yeah. is as a high quality and oh hey guys i run this company where we uh we practice for for auditions together and oh here's a workshop and here's a workshop and here's a workshop and here's a, and there's all these things and and look, they can be beneficial, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, that is somebody else trying to make their living. Just be yeah, aware. And if you're going to spend money, spend money on something that you think will actually 
benefit you and I just think you just have to be careful with these things don't let um don't let the kind of don't get caught up in like a whirlwind of spending you can't buy your career you no, can't no, no. so it's, why um, would you completely rinse every penny you have giving it to all these other people for their round and also there's not one set way so like i've seen people give contradictory advice to each other they're both right they're both wrong so you can't just sit and yeah buy your way to success and if you try to you're never gonna have any money yeah what were you gonna say? No, well, um, yeah, the I, I said before, but I I've had more disposable income this year than I've I've ever had because I haven't had any gigs. So so um, yeah, that's a huge huge expense, it's a huge expense. Yeah. Um, and uh, you do get things from that, and uh, actually, you know, um, in fact, weirdly, last week, a few days ago, we had a merch order, which we haven't we've had like two merch orders this year because generally if you're in the public eye all the time then you make merch orders and then the money goes into the band account generally. Yeah. Um what what you spend personally tends to just end up in the band account by some round roundabout way. But it's meant that people have invested in you. It's meant that people have invested in you and it's meant that people have uh, noticed you and noticed what you're doing. So oh I've got to dig out the merch from the attic now. But um <laughs> and send it off to them. Well yeah, I just chucked it in the attic. It's like, well, I'm not gonna need that over the next year. You know, it's yeah. not gonna happen. But I've gotta I've gotta dig some of that out. I do think you've yeah, just it... led me on to a really good point though, which is self investment versus mm. so again, we've we've mentioned this before, working for free for people and there is a time when it is beneficial for you and there are times where you're just being taken advantage of. And so, for example, this podcast is me saying to myself, I would rather spend my time and money on a project for me then yeah. spend my time and money doing another really low quality play or short film or whatever for someone else that isn't actually yeah. going to benefit me that much. So if you are at a place where you've got a bit of money and look, if you enjoy going to Edinburgh, go to Edinburgh. That's fine. But um, invest in you Good before castle. you invest in others. And that can take lots of different forms. But yeah, try and remember self-investment. Do th If you're going to spend money on something, do it for you yeah i mean i must have chucked thousands into um into this studio you know i must have done um over the course of maybe 10 years yeah. five more well, probably probably five years um closer to that cause that's, that's closer to how long i've lived here but um it, you know there is there is a bit of speculate to accumulate i imagine it's not quite the same with um with actors because what i'm doing is is effectively bricks and mortar as in physical things that i can move around and have 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 uses in certain and ways they're tangible. um yeah so like this vocal booth one of the reasons i'm doing it is so that after covid i can get people to come in and do their own recordings and then it, i'll i'll learn a bit more about mixing and mastering and then i can you know, I have a really good recording space that's comfortable, that's nice, that's homely and friendly. Mm. I've got a sofa there, I've got a vocal booth there, and I've got a couple of chairs and some big screens where I can, you know, go through whatever you need. So I can get people coming in and doing recordings, which they'll pay me to do as as, as a small home studio, you know. And um, there's got to be loads of people, you know, lo loads of young bands, for instance, in uh, in secondary schools and things who want to do some, some really good recording. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've um, gradually accumulated enough that I can I can release I can kind of record and release stuff. I need to get better at doing some of the uh, production things myself with the with the uh, software. But you know, 
I'm now getting towards a point, once I've done this booth, that I can do that and that'll be another source of income in the future rather than just my own use which to be honest most of it will be my own use yeah um but when you in when you spend money even when you're spending money that you know kind of for, for your own enjoyment bear in mind how are you going to make this work for you in future you know think about the money you spend as an investment because over the last year i've not sp- really spent any money that ha- isn't benefiting me possibly in some financial way in a way that i can see in the future i bought a new guitar and i'm selling my old guitars why am i doing that it's a guitar that will last me longer it'll sound better and will record better and i will sound better when i'm doing gigs when i I start doing my cover shows again you know um i bought money for a vocal booth spent money on a vocal booth so that i can do better recording so i can release more stuff i do a bit of compositional stuff for people every now and again so that'll be another thing it's nice to do that and sometimes you know you've got to remember that we're all doing this creative stuff because we enjoy it yeah. we're not doing it for money if we were doing it for money we'd all be, be doing violence. something else entirely we do yeah. accountancy or something you know um but you know you can spend money on the things that you enjoy but bear in mind what can make you money from yeah, those things yeah. in future for sure. I mean, you work in a way, you've got very technical skills and technical skills are always much more um, profitable. So hmm. it's much easier for you to charge someone to edit something or to record something yeah. than for me to go, yes, but I'm such a good actor. You have to pay me very well for it. Like they're very different. Yeah. So the tangible yeah. skills are definitely good. Um, yeah. So make a budget round up and then round up again (laughs) and just and and get get and like again we're we're multitaskers as creatives we're used to having to do loads of things at once if you need the extra job get the extra job if you need uh you know whatever it is you you do what you got to do and and you as an individual know that best but then also i would argue it's quite nice to have so when you've got this creative dream and you're pouring everything you have into it and you're pouring your time and your effort and your your emotions and your heart and your soul and all of your money into it and then it doesn't return that back to you i find sometimes if you feel you can sometimes start resenting it so maybe and this is only if you can afford to or whatever but maybe have something that is nothing to do with the goal that you yeah. spend a little bit of money on. So a friend of mine, she has what she calls her holiday fund. So when yeah. she makes a bit extra, she whacks money into it and then she'll she'll go to Italy. Um, and so that's something that is for her. And I do think it's worth having... For me, it's my house more than anything. Oh, that's nice. I love my flat. Um, I've lived here for five years. And so, for example... Um, uh, I, me and my boyfriend have put money together to get a new sofa because I've got a second-hand 50-quid sofa that I got off eBay that I've had for years because at the time, that was all I could afford. And yeah. then my financial situation got a bit better, but I didn't buy it as soon as I could afford it. This is the thing. I bought it when I was way past being able to afford it and it isn't actually putting me at yeah, risk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's Absolutely. a big difference. Um, there are loads of little tricks um, I, I can tell you what my one of those is. Go on. Um, my one of those is Dungeons and Dragons. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you did know I was going to say that. But interestingly, 
eventually, maybe in a year's time, we'll, we'll have to talk about me with Dungeons & Dragons because I'll be working on something interesting maybe in a year's time. Depends on the nature of COVID and things. I um, made my first ever yeah. D&D character the other day. Amber, I'm so proud of you. Do you want to hear I'm about her? I'm so proud her? of you. I want to I want to hear literally everything about your D&D character, including the really nerdy specific stuff. Okay. Okay. I've got a few notes on my laptop. I could log into Roll20. Is this in 5th edition D&D or is this a different different game or is this a Do you know do you know what you talk Do you know do you know which one you mean with that? Uh no, so all I know is so a friend of mine messaged me saying, "Hey, I, I remembered you mentioning that you kind of wanted to give it a go. I've never dm'd been the dungeon master before so i want to try that so while i'm dming for the first time do you want to play for the first time and we'll kind of Boom. learn together and then he said yes. do you have any actor friends who might enjoy it and i said yes so it's gonna be two of those friends from that i was talking about from when i was a teenager and we used to get drunk together every weekend two who and they're very nerdy boys um so two of them and then me, and then two of my actor friends. So the campaign mm. is going to be written by by the DM friend, and we we know a little bit about it, but not that much. And all we've done so far is we all had a, an online chat a few days ago where he showed us a website we're going to use to play on. And Was how it Roll20? Roll20, yeah. And yeah. how to make our characters. So, okay. So I'd recently... Okay, so. So, I'd recently, as you know, rewatched Lord of the Rings, and I just, yeah, I'm just going through a bit of an identity crisis because I feel like there is a part of me that is very elvish, but also a part of me that's very Hobbit-like, and I struggle with that, <laughs> like, because on one hand, I think of myself as quite noble and fanciful, and I fucking love a bow and arrow. I don't know why I just do, yeah. but I no. also am this little person that just wants to sit around and eat cake and have cuddles in, by the fire. Like, this is fair. This yeah. is fair. So, I mean, I would have, I would have um i would have said you were more of a dwarf I'm but that's just because that i like dwarves i'm not as aggressive no, as no, no. dwarves dwarves aren't necessarily aggressive there's lots of mis there's there's lots of things that are Prejudice slightly poorly represented no 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 so so things in the film that that never quite worked out um in the um one thing the dwarves don't turn up at the end by the yeah. black gate in the books they turn they up do. at the end yeah, because dwarves have um an innate sense of uh, like all the kind of allied races in there, they have this immense sense of good, push towards good, right? Yeah. And actually, dwarves are typically a bit more orderly than other races. I'm not sure you're very orderly. You're you're wonderfully um, creative and open and, and lovely. So maybe maybe something something elvish or, or hobbity would 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 be good. But they're very they're passionate about um, lawfulness and doing the right thing. Actually, maybe no, no, See, I'm completely it's wrong. So interesting, you should say that. But because... I, I think of you as doing the right thing all the time. That's why I. Because uh, because of how you are. So you know when you make a character, you decide where they're like, what's the word? Like allegiances, how that, that where their moral compass is. Well, I went yeah, for chaotic a, good. Chaotic oh, yeah, good yeah. is me. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah, so, I can see that. My point is, for D and D, I'm going to be a half elf. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, go for it. Yeah. So and with that comes the whole identity crisis thing. Being from two worlds, I love it. I'm going to be a ranger, but like a ranger who... But I've decided that my character... I've named her after a mythical figure that I love. So I've called her Atta, after Atalanta, yep. because Atalanta was a sick fucking shot with her bow and arrow. Anyway, um, so Atta is a half-elf, but she's young. She's going to travel the world because 
living amongst elves doesn't quite work for her and living amongst humans doesn't quite work for her so she's going through like her self-discovery phase she's yeah. going to be a ranger but with much more focus on like dexterity and problem solving yep, and yep, hunting yep. rather than like brute force because she's a young female half elf yeah of course yeah and then when it came to abilities I customed it but I took some inspiration from like a sage so yeah because she's a half elf I picture her as being well educated she speaks like four or five languages like it's insane yeah, i think yeah. because i chose half elf and i chose half elf, sage, half elf automatically get like three languages yeah or something. so as a half elf you all, and a buff to charisma of you, plus two exactly so as a half elf i i already can automatically speak common elvish and then i got to pick a few others and then yeah by being sage i got to pick even more so she is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a very well educated little thing who i've basically designed her to look a bit like poison ivy <laughs> like the red hair and excellent. the green eyes excellent i love it i love it, love it. yeah so that's her you know um D uh, D, as you know is a huge part of my life it's something it's another big creative outlet for me mm. And, um, you know, you can have some wonderful D&D games that you don't even have any combat in at all, even though it's kind of written, uh, a lot of it is down as a combat sim. But, um, you know, all the, all the my favourite stuff is when you get some really good actors around a table mm. and you just start hanging out in your characters. I have, I have two campaigns on the go at the moment. One is based on heavily on The Watch from Terry Pratchett. Yeah. And um, the other one is really much more... Um, much more kind of free and open. I, I've not specifically kind of coded it to anything, but that other one I always wanted to was wanted to play around with certain ideas. And actually, music has been a huge um, part of that for me. It's been a really good excuse for me to make music because typically when I get all my friends around the table, I love having music on in the background mm. that's more atmospheric. And so I've written and recorded a lot of D and D music um, that's gone unfinished that I haven't haven't put in. Um, so I'm going to look at that again, actually. I've got some more new interesting toys to play with when it comes to that bit of music. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's also some places that I'm looking to sell it to as well. Cute. So that's fun because everyone does that. Um, everyone has music under the background. So that's fun. So back on the handling money topic. Sorry, I was just yeah. like going through. Right. I I had it during lockdown phase one where I wrote out just loads and loads and loads of stuff that could have been a blog or a book. I wasn't really sure what, but there's loads there. And the idea of all this stuff I wrote down was like just stuff I've learned about how to be a little bit of a grown up like things I could things that maybe someone just out of uni could benefit from and there's a whole section I've got on handling your money so I've just dug it out one I haven't one thing I haven't said yet keep your receipts say it with me everybody keep keep your, your receipts receipts because like okay when you're so when i when i first graduated uni i did this online class on handling your taxes as an actor as soon as you're an actor you're a freelancer you don't need to be working yet but as soon as you're applying as soon as you're going to an audition and saying hi my name is amber i'm here for the role of juliet you're an actor you're self-employed and you've paid to get to that audition keep receipts for your headshots keep receipts for your travel especially your travel oh my god and also if you drive you get a mileage allowance people forget about this a lot so if Ooh. you drive um i can't remember the exact amount but it's it's per mile so you can't keep receipts for when you've bought petrol but what i do when i 
usually teach in person and I go to all these different schools and all these different venues I keep track of the days that I went there and the postcodes so then when it comes to filing my tax report I can say I drove to this venue on these on these dates it was and it's round trip each way so I could be like it's a 12 mile round trip and then you add it all up and that I swear to you my my 2019 to 2020 tax return 700 pounds on driving I got deducted lush because I, I drive a lot to be fair that's but nearly if, a grand on on driving. that's yeah so you so just in case anyone doesn't know this but the basics of your taxes is um let's say i earn let's say i earn 20k but i've got 5k worth of expenses i pay taxes if i earn 15k yeah so i didn't get 700 pounds directly back but i got 700 pounds deduction from my income before they calculated my tax and keep your receipts because you need to have proof so personally i have two ways that i keep my receipts i've got a little box that i put digital receipts in so if i've um if i've nipped out and i've bought some stationery or you know i've done it where i'm i'm the senior teacher and my teachers really help my classes succeed and i benefit from that and they don't sometimes i'll buy my my teacher lunch that day i'll go this one's on me mate you've worked really hard lately because i'm their manager but I would keep that receipt and I go, yeah, I bought my colleague lunch because he worked really hard. You can do that. There are so many things you can keep receipts for. If it's got anything to do with your job, you can do it. But travel is a big one. So keep all of your receipts. I can't say it enough. It will make a difference. Because this is the thing as well, like unexpected things happen. I had one year where within a couple of months, one of my classes got cancelled, so I lost a certain amount a week. My car broke down. I had to pay to get it fixed. Like, so oh my God, yeah. so many things all happened at once. So the more contingency money you can have. Oh, my God, yeah. I had, um, I had this one week last year where my car went down. Um, I can't remember what, like, I had a week where I just had to spend, like, one and a half thousand pounds. That's completely, like, like, it was, it was crazy money. It was, it was stupid. And I had everything went wrong all at once. I had to fix loads of stuff. I had to go to the dentist. Yeah. I had to, um, uh, I think I had to fix a guitar or something for something that I was doing. Yeah. Um, and stuff just happened all at once. Um, and, you you know, it's good to be insulated about that. Savings is a big thing, guys. Chuck some money away yeah. every month. I, 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 as soon as I get my money in, I, I chuck away what I know I can have. And then I dip into that if I'm really short at the end of the month. Yeah, like I've got a friend who, really good mate, known him for years. Um, we realised a couple of years ago that somehow I'd ended up on a higher income than him. And he pointed out very not humbly, but very matter-of-factly, he was like, to be fair, Amber, you started like three years before me. So I had a job the summer before uni, every summer during uni, and about half the time while I was at uni. He, on the other hand, went to uni, enjoyed the student loan, did fuck all, quite frankly, and then had to start from scratch after uni, and even then didn't really start working until he kind of had to. So start early. Um, I think also there's a big thing I'd love to chat about, which is having a relationship with money there is a state of mind surrounding money and that can come from a number of places it could be low expectations of life it could be from 
coming from a working class background and being used to going back to zero and or being bitter that your family couldn't afford things and then you've got the other extreme which is coming from such a privileged background that you don't have a value for money and that you don't understand you have to work for your money and this that the other Mm. personally I think the reason I have such a good relationship with money is I've been on both sides of that fence I started off as a very working my family were very working class when I was first born our lives progressed and we improved as a family and we all got a little bit better but um it's two sides to the same coin and I've known plenty of people who have never really had to work for much so by the time they reach adulthood they've put off getting jobs they've never budgeted they waste money before they earn it all that and then on the other hand I've met people who are much more working class and they're they're so resentment they they're so resentful and they blame money for all of their issues which which isn't healthy and even if it's true even if money is your issue anger towards money or anger towards anyone with more privilege is not going to achieve anything and you're going to be creating an expectation for yourself that you are going to have financial problems for your whole life and that's going to continue that's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy so it's true it's true there are people who have it rough i'm not saying that they there aren't there are people who don't have the same support that i've had and and i i really really am not undermining that uh but what i would just say is that holding on to your your lack of privilege and your obstacles in life and and uh, is is not going to get you far and eventually it's going to come to a point where you're only holding yourself back. And I came up with this metaphor uh, for how to look at money. Because I see money as a tool. Money is not happiness. Money is not love. Money is not creativity. Money is not joy. But money is needed. You need money to buy food. You need to put a roof over your head. It's a fact. So I look at money as as a tool to be utilised as. And I compare it to water. So stay with me here. This is my little my little metaphor okay you need water for things you need it to grow food you need it to be clean you need it to survive it is essential um and in the same way money is essential we need a currency we need a way of trading whether it's gold whether it's cattle whether it's pieces of paper with the queen on them right it's it's just something that helps keep things flowing which isn't a bad thing it's just part of our routine so the reason I say that money is like water is it's really important for water to move. Yeah, it's important for water to be free flowing entity so that it's useful. Rivers and oceans are much more valuable than lakes and ponds. And it be, and I think that that links into the way that money should be shared. Otherwise, what what's the point? You know, so money needs to go from employer to employee. And then that employee is going to pay f- uh, for their food and the person who owns who works at the supermarket can make money or they might pay a babysitter to babysit their children money is supposed to shift and it's supposed to move and it's supposed to flow between all of these different people which is why i like to compare it to a river and let's say someone has good money let's say someone's got an above average income they're going to spend that money on decorators they're going to spend that money on a nice car they're going to spend that money on electricians and that it's still getting spread out and shared and the the idea of it moving i think is really important and when it comes to to the one percent you know the people who don't 
pay their taxes, who don't contribute, who who really have just who lives in the Cayman Islands somewhere. Yeah, basically they're like dragons and it doesn't in get their spent. mountain. There's 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 a whole economic theory about how money that working class people earn is for every dollar is is more worth more to the actual economy than for every dollar that someone in the one percent earns absolutely that's the point i was going to make and i know that we could sit and go well what about those bastards you're right you're totally right but what they've done is they have taken their money and they've they've isolated themselves with it they've made a moat around themselves with their money and whether we donate our money share our money pay our taxes or not they are not gonna shift so i think yeah health mental health wise do what you can to support the independent companies i do i make a lot of conscious effort but also i think that working on a healthy relationship with money is just really really important there's one more thing that i wanted to say which is a trap i fell into which isn't exactly student money it's more about a job is that i i left university with a 2-1 it was a ba in creative writing and popular music for production so i wasn't expecting much but um i ended up just waiting tables for ages yeah same um and i did it for way too long because i didn't need i i thought that 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 i had to do that because none of my skills were marketable and just to message people at home think about what your skills actually are you're probably a bit smarter than you think you know, a lot of people are. Some people aren't, but, you know, uh, they do quite well, those people. But, yeah. um, you know, think about what skills you have. And actually, you'll probably realise that you probably your skills have a lot more value than you realise. Oh, I can you know? agree with you more. And you don't have to just do the closest, easiest thing that's not earning you much money. You know, you really don't. I fell into that trap for a long time. So did I. I'm kind of still in it a bit, to be honest. Um but, you know, don't just sit waiting tables X amount of days a week um, for years and years and years thinking, well, it's never going to get any better than this. Because, you know, you can be the agent for change in your own life in that respect. I, I agree with you so strongly. Like, my, my dad tried to teach me that lesson for years. And I look back and I, I know how frustrating it must have been yeah. for him. Because he was like, Amber, you're in your 20s. You're young. You're creative. You're fresh. People will try and tell you that you're not worth much, but you have so much value to offer. You have so much that you're good at. So I remember applying for a job. I didn't get it in the end, but I did get to the final round where they asked for like, what salary were you expecting? And I called my dad and I was like, what do I put? Should, should I put 20K? As if that was like a lot of money. My dad yeah. was like, put 25. And I was like, what? He was like, Amber, that's yeah, I know. Yeah. for the level. It was, it was for quite a classy job. It was for quite a high up um, job anyway. He was like, it's not a lot of money. Don't worry about it. Like, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to quit the day job. I totally agree. Um, yeah. And, and seek better. Don't, don't, stick don't limit yourself to the yeah the eight pound an hour working in a shop kind of thing you don't have yeah. to you're totally right exactly so there we go you're worth something guys yeah, at home. you are worth something i like that cole very you nice. have worth exactly um i think i know what i want to round up this episode episode with go on um uh well you know we have that game go on so um i think it's your turn to give me something and i think of the cast okay. of the Muppets. Yeah, 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 I will. Um. <laughs> oh, I want to do like a... Ch oh, I've got one. I actually okay. have one. Okay, you ready? Yep, go for it. Muppets Chocolate Factory. Oh, Charlie shit. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with the Muppets. Go. Okay. So, Charlie is human. Thought so. Um, 
and played by I don't know any child actors that are still children. That's true. Uh, what about um, the kids from Stranger Things? They're great. Oh, they are really good, actually. Oh, they're not. They're a bit too old now. Um, they're all teenagers now, aren't they? Or young teenagers? Yeah, they are. Um, tweens is that a th- is that a word? I don't know. Anyway, something carry like on. that. <laughs> they're young teenagers. Um, I don't know. We'll pick. Um, pff, I can't think of a child actor. I'll think. I'll think of that at the end. Okay, I'm feeling like Gonzo would be really good as Willy Wonka, just visually. That's yes. something in my head. Yes. Um, uh, and I think it would be nice if Gonzo was a more kind of principal main character just on his own. I just agree. I agree I with I think that'd so be really much. fun. All the Impalumpas would be all the rats with Rizzo being the spokesperson. I was going to say that. All the Rizzo, Rizzo rats. Yes. Rizzo would be the spokesperson rat. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to need you to help me listing off all the characters. Are you okay. So, so you've got Charlie. Let's go in order that they find tickets. Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop. Um, oh, this is the thing, because they're all kind of negative people, and I don't really think the Muppets are baddies. But the Muppets um, are actors, darling. Think of them as oh, actors. yeah, fine, all right. Think of it, I'm an actor, darling. I'm a thespian. Um, who likes eating a lot? Oh, man, this is so difficult. Um, okay, Augustus Gloop's dad would be the Swedish chef. Right? Yes. Okay. And so, then they can make a Muppet um, child, son of the Swedish chef. A Muppet son, son of yeah, Swedish chef. Yeah, they can work Man, that I would watch that film. I son of Swedish chef. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Who we got next? Is it Violet next? Uh, if we're going in order, it's Veruca. Veruca is Miss Piggy. Obviously. Next. Uh, um, and then you've got, yeah, either Mike TV or Violet. I don't know. Okay. Wow, that's tough. Oof, Mike TV and Violet, who would they be? Ooh. That's really difficult. That is difficult. I'm trying to think of, of all, the, all the Muppets. Man. Ooh. Because almost like almost Gonzo would be good as Mike TV, but Gonzo's already Willy Wonka. No, but Gonzo or would we be could have Kermit. I think... I think he'd be really fun as Willy Wonka, so I kind of want that, especially with the rats, with the with the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we need um, Kermit involved. Kermit's going to be... Kermit will be Mike TV. Screw it. Kermit could be Mike TV. What you could also Maybe. do is use Beaker. Like, all he does is watch TV. Like, he doesn't actually talk. He just stares at the okay, screen. Okay, that'd be cool. That'd be cool when his dad would be Honeydew. That'd be yeah. good. That'd be good. Okay, that'd be Mike TV is Mimi. Uh, Beaker, sorry. I keep saying Mimi. Uh, Violet mm. Burgard. Mm. There aren't um, that many female Muppets, I'm realising. There aren't, are they? This, I just realised that myself. This is an um, issue. This is a problem. We have it's to fix it. It's a massive sausage fest. Massive sausage fest. Oh, no. You just made me think of all these puppets for little sausages. Um... <laughs> You should you should watch. There's a really funny. Um, I found it really funny with the, the with the woman who was in bridesmaids is really really good, um, and it's the Happy Time Murders, and it's a world where Sesame Street puppets uh, Muppets are people who are like considered like an underclass of people and stuff, and they all get murdered. It's really good. Anyway, check that out. Oh, uh, okay. Hear me out. What yeah. about um? What about who's who? Yeah, what about a female creature to be a Violet Beauregard? If they made a girl one of him, <sighs> chewing loads of gum and getting mad all over the place. <laughs> animal. Animal. Sorry, <laughs> I call him creature, not animal, for some reason. That's all right. Animal. Um, anim- animal. Animal could be Violet Beauregard. Could be a bit more purpley and pinky. 
Yeah. So Lady Animal. Yes, Lady um, Animal. Flanimal. I don't know, Flanimal. And that's we'll it, apart from Charlie, really. No, 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 no. Because we've got to have Kermit in there somewhere. Kermit is the granddad. <gasps> of course. And, and, and Fozzie Bear is also there as the grandma. They're both coming yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying uh, Fozzie Bear is there as a grandma. And we've got to have the shitty two old men who run the sweet shop at the store. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I love that. And they do the Candyman. And then... Oh, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Those two. Oh, this this might be our best one yet, dude. I'm really this not kidding. This is pretty good. I this like this. This is pretty this. good. Um, and then I can imagine Gonzo going, you get nothing at the end. That'd be really good. Yeah. Like, that, I can imagine Gonzo's got range. Gonzo's range that has not range. been exploited. I'm just saying. And we know he know. looks really good in a top hat. And he hat. looks so good in that hat. Because yeah. he he's, <laughs> wears that in um in uh, Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Something similar yes, exactly. in Christmas Carol, as we were talking oh, earlier. Cold. It's Sometimes all, we've done foreshadowing and we've come full circle. That's what we did me. there, Amber. You just get I, me, I get you, mate. I get you. I think that I think that's pretty successful. Is there any more characters? Any I think we I think we've done enough. I think we've we've I ticked we all have the boxes. Done enough. I think that would be brilliant. I think that'd be I'd watch well that. Done, I'd team. watch the shit out of that. I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> that would be so good. And also it's one of those really big well-known classic stories that you could kind of imagine that the Muppets would end up doing it. Yeah. Like they did Christmas Carol and they did Treasure Island. Yeah. You know, Roll yeah. Doll's huge. I think you know. I, I think that was a great idea. I think we should put this to Disney or whoever it is that currently owns oh, the Muppets. So That's what we fun. should do. I think we should write we should send this episode in. Amber. Yes, Cole. I've had a good old time, mate. I've had a great old time. God, so, mate. As and usual, you guys, good. if you want to get in touch, it's scripts at gmail.com. Tell your friends. Tell the friends you think will like the podcast. Don't tell the ones that like don't like swearing. <laughs> I mean, but bollocks, like, bollocks, bollocks. Poo bum bum. But obviously, we want to find we want to find our tribe. We want to reach the people that will really appreciate our the humor people. and our and our careers and what we do. So, if you've got a mate who's trying to get into drama school and is feeling stressed and lonely, maybe show them the podcast and it will help cheer yeah, them up a little bit. And they should go to drama school. That's all I think. I should. Anyway, anyway, well, we can folks chat about at home, that everybody. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Have a good week. You've been listening to Riffs and Scripts, Riffs and TTFN. Scripts.